Hi, I'm Jen Sherlock, and welcome to my lifestyle podcast, Live Without a Nest. The podcast showcases people who live fearlessly and have the ambition to create something. I'll showcase change makers who have decided to let go of their safety net in order to survive. So let's jump right in. Hi, I'm Jen Sherlock. Welcome to my podcast, Live Without a Net. And I'm with the founder and CEO of LifeRand, TJ Colazzi. Thanks for being here. Thanks for having me, Jen. Yeah, so I think you're the epitome of a true entrepreneur, someone that's you know, become successful in a short period of time, and you have an amazing background. And I want to talk about how you literally started as an entrepreneur. I'm sure you had some of that entrepreneurial spirit from when you were a kid. I'd love to hear those stories, but bringing it up to date, you started as a janitor at LA Fitness, and then you worked your way up to the top salesman. And now look at you today, the founder of your own company. So I want to hear that story because I think that will really resonate with people on where they came from. And if anyone wants to become an entrepreneur, they can see that they can actually do it just like you did. Yeah, Jen, I mean, I, like going back to when I was a kid, you know, I was always that kid that was doing the lemonade stand on the side of the road and hustling, trying to flip baseball cards, you know, buy one for 20 cents and sell it for 60 cents. Uh, so I always had that in me. You know, I, I owned a small deli at one point when I was younger and um, always had that drive to want to have my own business, but didn't really know how to get there. And uh, when I was in college, I needed a part-time job. I was out taking a run one day and I ran past an LA fitness that had just opened up. And I said, well, I, I need a job. I'll, I'll, I'll go see what they're hiring for. And they were hiring for janitors. And I said, cool, I'll, I'll clean equipment and I can probably get a free membership and work out. And, uh, you know, just through me naturally talking to people there, one day the vice president of the company was in there and he kind of pulled me aside and said, hey, kid, why don't you try doing sales? You seem to be able to talk to people well and be really into what's going on. And, uh, you know, I I just said, no, I'm cool being a janitor. It's fine. I was actually going to school for uh, graphic design um, and architectural engineering. And I just wanted the free membership. And he's like, look, try sales for a week. I promise if you don't like it, you can go back to being a janitor. So I did, and I really liked talking to people and helping people. And then that kind of started my professional career where you know, I then became a top salesperson in the region and a top manager and ended up being the district vice president of sales and marketing for you know, a major billion-dollar company when I was 23 years old. Wow. And that's kind of where I got my sales and my, I guess, experience growing companies and scaling. Um, but I always you know, knew that I could build something and sell it if I just had the right idea. And then uh, after I left LA Fitness, I was working for Crunch Fitness and we wanted to start running background checks on people's social media. You know, social media is too important not to include in the hiring process. And uh, our HR manager was like, you can't do that if it's not fair credit reporting compliant. And, you know, her name was Julie. And I said, but Julie, everybody looks at social media. I mean, I have studies in front of me that show that 70 to 90% of companies snoop social media during the hiring process. And she said, well, you can't do it here unless you can find a fair credit reporting solution. And after I researched and saw that there wasn't, that was kind of like my aha moment of this is it. This is that thing that, you know, I've always wanted that idea that the world needs and that if I could find a way to build it and that was it. And, you know, I had a really good job. You know, I made, you know, well over six figures. So for the average person, it was a good job. And I, uh, I said, F it. And I, I quit my job. And I said, I'm going to go build this tech company. And I went home and told my, at the time she was my girlfriend, she's now my fiance. And we had a 
three-year-old daughter and she was three months pregnant with our second daughter, I said, hey, honey, I, I quit my job today and I'm going to go uh, risk everything we have to go build this startup. And I just took this massive leap of faith and you know, I hit all the knives and made sure she didn't kill me when I told her that. Right. That was back in April of 2018. And uh, it certainly was not easy along the way. Um, Were you scared? Uh, Could you talk about those emotions? Because a lot of people who are thinking, especially now there's so much unemployment, unfortunately, and people are thinking about starting their own thing. I mean, tell us about that uncertainty and how you- You know what's, what's nuts is I really wasn't. And I think when you have the right idea and the right, or the right business, whatever it is, you're not that scared. You know, I was definitely scared to start things in the past, but I was confident enough in my own ability to be able to grow this thing. Now, I was scared along the way when I realized, man, did I maybe bite off more than I could chew? And, you know, I, I, I'm someone with no technology background trying to build a massive tech company, you know, and, you know, when you're going through, you know, startups raise out, of, you know, run out of money. You know, there was times where the company had no money, which meant I had no money. You know, my personal savings went fast after we started it. That scared me. And what scared me was, you know, I have two kids that I need to provide for. But at the same time, that's also what motivated me that, you know, I can't give up. It's not like I'm a 22-year-old kid that I say, ah, screw it. I gave it a try. It didn't work. And I go get a job somewhere else. You know, I have kids that needed a roof over their head that needed food on the table. And I think during the hard parts, which is always inevitably hard parts when you're starting your own business, and especially one at this scale, um, there's going to be hundreds, if not thousands of times that every sign says quit. But I think what I was scared of is also what motivated me to keep going, if that makes any sense. For sure. I'm a big believer in sink or swim. So it's, you only have one option. Right. Kind of burn the boats and just see what happens. You know, there's no going back. And when you have no choice but not to go back, you find a way to succeed, in my experience. Agreed. And then bring us up to speed. So now it's 2020 the infamous year and you just won a start engine competition and Kevin O'Leary of ABC Shark Tank said, you're an amazing entrepreneur and you hit all your numbers and he wants to use LifeRam for his businesses. What did that feel like? Yeah. Talk about, you know, mind blowing to have that happen, you know, and there's all these times when you're starting a company and even though, you know, you have the right idea, there's those doubts in the back of your head saying, is this really a good idea or do people want this? And then when we were going into that opportunity to talk with Kevin O'Leary, you know, I went into it just thinking this guy's going to bash me because he cuts everybody up. You know, it's what he does. And I just thought it would still be cool to hear the word life brand come out of his mouth. Um, but the fact that we ended up winning the competition and the fact that he had such glowing things to say about our company, um, about the need for it, how he completely sees how big this is going to be. Um, you know, the things he said about me personally as an entrepreneur, certainly uh, were nice to hear from someone like him. Um, you know, I still don't remember a lot of it. It was kind of a blur, but I remember at the end him saying, I got to stop and giving you a big head. And I'm like, man, I can't believe Kevin O'Leary just said that to me of all people. Um, but having him, you know, wholeheartedly, you know, basically endorse and get behind our company we were going the right direction to begin with, but when you're a new technology like we are, and it's a disruptive technology, there's always people that are looking for that validation of it. And I mean, Kevin got us that. Um, you know, Kevin's saying how he wants to use it for all of his companies, how he clearly sees why it's needed. When he, when we were on Yahoo Finance together, he very clearly explained why it's needed. Um, I mean, you know, those sound bites have been, you know, incredible for our company. Um, 
you know, we're getting ready to go now raise money on Start Engine through Kevin O'Leary. Um, you know, we greatly oversubscribed. You know, a, a year ago, you know, we probably had five hundred dollars in our business bank account. I mean, there, there was times we had negative money in our business bank account. And now, after that, you know, we oversubscribed our seed round. Um, we turned down millions of dollars in investments um, that are now coming into our Series A. I mean, it's just. It's certainly been building this. We were on a good trajectory to begin with, but Kevin O'Leary kind of certainly uh, added a little bit of rocket fuel behind what we're doing right now. I know that must be so exciting, someone of his caliber to say that about you. And he was blown away because I and I watched you live, and you did hit the numbers, and you didn't flinch once. Yeah, I I think you know. I mean, I've watched Shark Tank since it started. I think it's an awesome show. Um, I think it really helps motivate people to be entrepreneurs and teach them things that are important and knowing your numbers are, I mean, look, when you're talking to a shark like Kevin O'Leary, you need to know your numbers, but any investor you're talking to, any business you're talking to, if you don't know your numbers, it sure doesn't give them faith in what's going on. You know, if you're going to somebody and saying, Hey, I want you to invest in my company, which is really invest in me. You know, you better really know what's going on. And if they ask you a question, you're like, Oh, I don't know. Guess what? You should know. You know your company's not going to make it if you don't know those things. And I think those are things that Shark Tank helped teach people and instill people. Like if you're going to go out and do something, learn it. You know, know about it. You know, know your numbers. Know everything that's going on. Know every bit of your business because if you're the owner and the entrepreneur, the the buck stops with you. You need to know everything. And to say I don't know, I mean, I wouldn't give somebody money to invest in a company if they didn't know their key numbers. I mean. They need to know what's going on every second of the day. So it, it was great, though, hearing him say that and him seeing in me that, you know, hopefully what you know, I, I tried to do things what should be done and in a way that would impress somebody like him. And the fact that we did impress him and didn't get, you know, told to take our idea out back and shoot it or he didn't say that I'm dead to him. Uh, it was certainly a, one of the higher points of this journey with Life Brand. That's awesome. And then you had mentioned Start Engine and raising money there. Is that like an equity crowdsourcing type platform? Yeah, Start Engine's an incredible platform where it's an equity crowdfunding site. So, you know, you have those sites out there like Indiegogo and Kickstarter where companies can raise and then they give their product at a discounted rate or whatnot. Um, but, you know, there's thanks to some regulation changes that they've been able to create equity based crowdfunding sites where anybody can go out and become an investor in these companies, you know. Um, most companies like ours, once you reach a certain stage, you can only take in accredited investors. Um, so the average person that just wants to write you a $5,000 check, you can't take it. Um, but through vehicles like Start Engine, you can, and it allows everyday people to invest like a shark, like Kevin O'Leary and Mark Cuban and um, Barbara Corcoran, and they can go get access to these incredible companies like ours. But it's also great for us as companies to be able to go out and promote ourselves, you know, instead of going out to some of the bigger VCs in the world, which we've been fortunate to have exposure to reach them, but a lot of entrepreneurs can't. They need somewhere to start. And Start Engine gives them that platform to get out there and uh, get visibility for their business, raise funds for their business. And it's, it's a great chance for entrepreneurs to start, but also for people that want to get into investing on a smaller scale. But someone's there to protect those investors. You know, Start Engine thoroughly vets their companies, you know, thoroughly vets the financials, everything. Um, they take care of all the filings that are needed to be done that an average person wouldn't know where to start. I mean, they help smaller companies too. I mean, they help us 
with all that as well. And it saves us money on legal fees. So it's a great thing that Start Engine does. And we're hoping to launch as soon as December on their platform. Uh, it might be January, but we're in the process of finalizing all that now and putting together our hype video. And uh, we're really excited to, we're kickstarting our Series A where we're doing a $10 million raise for our Series A and we're going to kickstart it on Start Engine, which is really exciting. Congrats, that is. And let's talk about your philanthropic background and everything that you do with the Headstrong Foundation. I know you've worked with them actively the past two years. Can you talk about why that charity? There must be some type of personal connection that you have. Yeah, I mean, in general, I just feel like if you're a business and you're in a situation that you can give back to your local community, you should find a way. And, you know, we're not some massive company where we can afford to write donation checks. Like I said, there was times last year where we didn't have any money at all. And we still tried to find a way to support some local organizations. Uh, And there's more that we want to start working with. The Headstrong Foundation just, um, you know... it's an amazing story. You know, the woman, Cheryl Kalalori, I hope I just said that last name right, who's, you know, the founder of it. It's really founded in her son's name. He, uh, he passed away from cancer when he was in college. And um, he had like this fighting spirit about him when he was in the hospital that he was trying to help others even while he was essentially dying from the disease. And uh, he, he wanted to keep that going after he passed away. And again, I hope I'm telling the story 100% accurately. She could probably do it way more justice. but. Um, they started the Headstrong Foundation in Nick's name to provide emotional, financial, and residential support to people battling cancer. You know, one of the things that they saw when they were leaving the hospital one night was a parent from another child that was dealing with cancer treatment getting ready to spend the night in his car because they weren't from the area. They couldn't afford a hospital and insurance didn't cover it. And they were just like, this is, this is wrong. Um, so one of the big things that the Headstrong Foundation did was they opened Nick's house. Uh, similar to, I guess, the Ronald McDonald House, mm-hmm. where families that are in the Philadelphia area battling cancer can stay there completely for free. There's no time limit. It's completely supported by donations um, through events that they do. Um, so, I mean, it's, just, it's really an incredible organization. Um, they, they partner with a lot of high school and college athletics, particularly lacrosse, because that's what Nick and um, his brother were so heavily involved in. And I, I grew up in the same Delaware County community playing lacrosse. I think that's why there was a little bit of a, uh, and they were our, you know, they went to Ridley high school, which was the arch rival of Springfield high school. I mean, we hated them when it came to lacrosse. They beat us in the state championship my freshman year, which I'll never forget. And, uh, but like there's certain things that I, I think it's a good example to show others too, that there's bigger things and like rivalries that you can on the field want to beat them, but still work together for common goals off the field. I think it's just a great example for kids that are coming up playing lacrosse now. I just think it's incredible what Headstrong does. I think it's above and beyond what they do helping with cancer. I just, there's so much they do that we're happy to, on a very small level, support them. Uh, We look forward to working with them for years to come to continue sponsoring. Uh, You know, we've been the presenting sponsor for their Ting Off Against Cancer Golf Classic the past two years. Um, A couple other things that we sponsor with them that we we love that, you know, we're hoping the more we grow, the more we can help put the spotlight on them too. And we can, you know, contribute to them even more financially than we're able to as a startup. So uh, things like that help motivate, I think, entrepreneurs too. If you can get to a point where you can be, you know, writing checks to help other organizations, I think is really cool. You know, we're looking forward to being able to do that on a larger scale. Speaking to giving back, which you, you do, talk to entrepreneurs and people who are, are thinking, you know, or maybe they're janitors right now. What words of advice do you have to inspire them? I just think anybody can do anything. I mean, it's 
it's kind of cliche when they say, you know, America is like the land of opportunity. And, but I mean, it really is. I mean, you know, I, I dropped out of college after six weeks. Um, I just, I, I was one of those people that just said, I, I don't need this. I can go read a book on my own. It's kind of a little before Google. Um, but, you know, I, I can read a book. I can educate myself. And I, I'm just a real big believer in hard work. And that if you get in the door somewhere, the sky's the limit. If you have the right personality and the right work ethic, I didn't mind starting as a janitor somewhere and working my way up. I knew that I could outwork anybody else. Um, you know, I consider myself to be fairly intelligent. I'm willing to learn anything, but I will outwork people that are more intelligent than me or maybe have more experience. And I think that's what you need as an entrepreneur. You need to be willing to just go out and outwork everybody. Um, I love a quote that Mark Cuban always says that, you know, you got to be operating your business as if someone else is working 365 days a week, 24 hours a day to take you down because they are, you know, it, it, it is a competitive landscape being an entrepreneur. Um, and I think anybody can do that. But they need to realize that it's, it's a different mindset than, uh, I guess a lot, what our society's gotten to where people get their particip- participation trophies and, Hey, good job for trying. I mean, that's not how starting a business works. There's winners and losers when it comes to starting a business. But if somebody has the right work ethic, I think they can overtake anything. And being willing to take in other people's opinions, don't be hard-headed and think you know everything. You know, my goal is to surround myself with as many other successful, intelligent people as I can. And like I said, I consider myself to be fairly intelligent, but I hope I'm sitting in a room with people and I'm the dumbest person in our company. I hope I'm surrounding myself with people that are so intelligent so experienced and uh, willing to work, you know, work their ass off. Uh, I, I think there's, there's nothing that ever re- is going to replace hard work. And those that work harder are always going to win. And just not quitting when you think you should quit. Uh, if you're looking to start a business or you want to be an entrepreneur, there's going to be a million times where every, and people say, oh, I need to look for a sign. The signs will tell you to quit and stop. And that's where you have to keep going. Uh, and it's the people that don't quit when you probably should. I mean, there was plenty of times when we were starting this company that, boy, I probably should have quit. You know, my, my fiance was probably saying quit and go back and get that job you used to have. Um, anybody looking from the outside would say quit. But if you really believe in what you're building and you really think you have a business or a product there that people need and want, if you don't quit, those are the people that eventually win. Agreed. I'd love to talk to you another time about millennials and entitlement, but that's a whole separate subject. Whole separate subject, but yes, I would love to talk to you about that uh, that as well one day. I have so many stories. Well, thank you so much. You're so inspiring, even for me. Like it's just amazing to listen to your work ethic and even see your new offices and hear your story. And I just think I, I really appreciate it. It's been uh, it's exciting. I'd love to talk to you again sometime. But uh, yeah, thank you very much for having me today. Of course, thank you so much, TJ Colazi, everyone. Thanks, John. Well, that's it for now. Thanks everyone for joining us. Please reach out to me so I can feature you on my show. I do respond to everyone. You can find me on my Instagram at Jennifer Sherlock or my business Instagram at Jenna.com. And check out our new website coming soon, livewithoutanet.com. Thanks again. And I look forward to taking risks with you.